Hello, everyone. This is Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 165 of Weekly Poker Hand. I hope your week is going great. I hope you're winning all the money. And if you're not, well, hopefully it turns around. Here we get King Jack offsuit from third position playing 500 to 1,000. I make it 30, I'm sorry, 2,500 out of my 35,000 effective stack, so 35 big blinds deep. Only the button, a tight, aggressive kid, calls. Um, pre-flop, I actually think you can just fold the king-jack offsuit from third position. I certainly don't think it's mandatory to raise it every time. But in most tournaments, live tournaments especially, where your opponents don't play so well, I think it's fine to play a few more hands than you should. But often that means playing a few more suited hands, not necessarily the king-jack offsuit type hands. Like from this position, I would pretty much always fold king-10 offsuit and ace-9 offsuit, for example. All right, so anyway, flop comes 10 Jack nine. So Jack 10, nine. Read it backwards for some reason. Giving us top pair with a gut shot. It's a pretty good hand. And I decide to check. Mainly because if I bet this and I get raised, how am I going to proceed? And the answer is, uh, I mean, I'm probably going to have to go with it, but I'm certainly not thrilled about that. I think if we check, though, we're going to induce our opponent to try to bluff us some portion of the time. Because quite often, if I had a hand like ace-king on this board, I'd probably want to check. If I had pocket sevens, I'd probably want to check. And if I can get my opponent to bluff in the in the spot where I have top pair, that's obviously fantastic. And it also protects my checking range pretty nicely. So reasonable hands to put in the checking range are hands like king 10, queen jack, king jack, king 10, suited if I have it. Um, any hand containing like a nine and a draw of some sort. So a, a lot of the marginal made hands I'm going to check in this scenario. And I think this hand certainly fits in that range. So it goes check, check which is great. I mean, I expect to have the best hand pretty much every time. Turn is a queen, which is exactly what I wanted. And now I decide to check again. So at this point, clearly there's value in betting. I'm almost never against ace-king. I'm not worried about being beat. If he has ace-king, he's getting paid fully. I'm mainly concerned here with how do I get value from hands like ace-10 and 10-8 suited and 10-7 suited and ace jack you know hands that are very very marginal at this point and i think the way we get paid by those hands is to either bet small on the turn and then small on the river or we can check the turn and then bet somewhat big on the river and i typically like that line a little bit more uh check turn looking to check call if he bets or um looking to check check the turn and then bet big because that's going to look somewhat bluffy as opposed to the line of bet the turn and then bet the river because i mean to bet the turn and bet the river into an opponent who could just so easily have a straight right i mean there's nothing stopping my opponent from having having a straight i'm taking that line of betting small on the turn and the river looks pretty strong whereas i think if it goes check check on the turn it should now be somewhat obvious or at least kind of obvious that our opponent does not have the nuts or a king and because of that that looks like a spot where i can a little bit, I can bluff a little bit more freely, whereas whenever I bet twice, it's pretty dicey. So anyway, I like to I like to check here, and I think it's good. Goes check, check, and as I just stated, I'm going to be betting big on most rivers. River's an eight, so there's a straight on the board, which is actually even better for me now, because now my opponent can just call, hoping to chop, and given I did not bet the flop or the turn, it's somewhat unlikely I don't have a king. And the pot's 7,400, and we have... 32,000 on the river. And I decide to bet 12,000. So about almost two times the size of the pot, a pretty big bet. And I like this a lot. This is a spot where I think we can justify betting here with almost my entire range because 
when the opponent doesn't bet the flop and doesn't bet the turn, he almost certainly has some sort of a marginal made hand. And if he has some sort of a marginal made hand, clearly I beat that, right? And this is about as free of a bluff as you're going to get in this spot. So in this scenario, I'm probably just going to bet everything for a really big sizing. If we pick up the pot, that's great. If we get called, we're just chopping it. So it's it's pretty free. Sometimes in these spots where there's a straight on the board or um, four to a straight on the board or something like that. Well, five, on, five to a straight on the board or when it's something like five spades, all of them like nine or higher or eight or higher. Those are often somewhat free bets where you can just bet and your opponent's either going to call and you're going to chop or you're going to have it and they're going to they're going to lose because your opponent would have likely put some money in the pot previously if they had a strong hand like like a straight. So I like this bet. I think it's a pretty much mandatory bet. Notice if I check the river with any of my range, it lets my opponent now bluff as a very free bluff because am I really checking the flop and the turn and the river with a king very often? I mean, <laughs> probably not, right? So you don't really want to give your opponent the free bluffs. You would much rather take that bluffing opportunity away from them, and that's what we do here. So I do bet big. I like this bet. I would do it with everything. And our opponent calls, so sometimes we're chopping, but most of the time we're just going to win this pot. And sure enough, we win it. It's always nice to just get a very, very, very clean, large street of value in. I think what a lot of people do in this spot incorrectly is they'll just bet the flop and then find themselves in a nasty spot on a lot of turns, or they will bet the turn and have their opponent fold out most of their hands or on the river. If it does go check, 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 like it did this time, they will bet small on the river trying to get called. But you have to realize there's no guarantee that I'm going to have a king in my hand, right? And if I had almost entirely straights in my range, you know, the king high straight, then yeah, you probably want to bet small because clearly your range is really strong. But here I, I can't have a lot of other things besides just the straight and being able to bluff in this spot is very nice. And um, I like this hand. I think this hand's, this hand's fun. So that's going to be it for this hand today. I hope you all enjoyed it. It's a little bit of a fun one. It's always fun when you get to have free bets. Free bets don't come up too often in No Limit Hold'em, but that, that was a pretty free one. Um, if you have not already, check out my new book, Mastering Small Stakes, No Limit Hold'em. You can get it at jonathanlittlepoker.com mastering. It's about 480 page long, pages long, and we go through tons and tons of hand examples and I really outline everything you need to know to beat the small stakes game. So if that's what you play, check out this book. It is for you. It was a lot of work because 480 pages is a lot to write, but I'm happy to do it for you, all of my students. So thanks again. Good luck in your games this week. You can get the book at jonathanlittlepoker.com slash mastering, and I will talk to you next week.